Let's talk about the birds and the bees. This is news from heaven, the divine origin of sex. And why not have a little bit of insight into the connection between the source of everything and human procreation on earth? And I'm going to give you a twofer. It's not just that. This week we're looking at how to allow angels to change your life. And this is a story we're going to be hearing about how people who are being educated on the subject of the divine origin of sex and relationships actually... Those people who are learning about that, their attitude toward learning about it changed the way that angels were able to talk to them about it. So this is about our, hey, are you active listening and how that might open up our connection to heaven. Man, is that a lot of value in this episode. So the real value comes from the ability of seeing things as they are, basing it on the, un- the underlying truth of life, which you could call the word, how that equips us to no longer be, uh, have an overcast outlook, overcast by falsities. The rational mind is like the sky, the natural part of us like the earth. If the sky is full of untrue things, it blocks the sun. This is basic. And hey, we could use a little bit of sun around here. It's like the darkest part of the year, physically. So I'm, I'm definitely soaking up every little patch of sunlight I get. Let's see if we can get ourselves a little sunlight here. This is a as yet unreleased... Oh, no, no. This is a, um, a translation of Swedenborg's work, Amor Canuyalis, which is now love and marriage in this translation. This is number 183. And we're starting in heaven. Where, scene. Okay, you know, they have that... Scene, the location, heaven. Oh, is there an A in there? Okay, so that's where we are. That's where our, we're starting. And these are these memorable relations. People later in Swedenborg's career, he started to say, all right, I'm just going to say, yeah, I'm giving you the philosophy. You guys are kind of learning it and caring about it, but mostly people just want to hear what happens in the afterlife. So I'm going to give it to you, but there's going to be some teaching here as well. There's going to be universal principles that arise from this telling of an individual story. In the east, I saw a grove of palms and laurels placed in spiral curves. Sounds nice. And right away, this is not just, if if we're following our movie theme, some director is thinking, well, what can I do to make this seem heavenly? Everything, Everything that appears there is only can exist because of the meaning behind it. So the east... Of course, we're having a discussion about wisdom in the East because the East, spiritually, is those who are in the greatest love toward the Lord, if I have that right. So this is, by being in the East, by seeing something to the East of where you are, that means it's closer to God from you. These trees, palms and laurels, it's not just, these are just trees that can grow in this spiritual climate. I would imagine, since we got two of them, something about love something about wisdom. Maybe it's the other way around. These are the two. This matters. This is an expression of the kind of minds you're going to find around. So Swedenborg can know before he even goes in, oh, these, there's angelic hearts and minds afoot. Angelic stuff is afoot because this is the stuff that's appearing. Placed in spiral curves, I'm not going to act like I know what that means, but all that arrangement all has to do with the way that God flows in, bonk, 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 just like we were showing in that other one, flows in and first in the inner level arranges the divine design inside of us. 
right? These angels are used to be us, now they're angels, so you can get there too. And then from that moves out and arranges, you know, whatever, we got palm trees here, you know, that's what a palm tree looks like. We got laurels here, I don't even know what a mountain laurel might look like. The point is, the external comes from the internal. What does heaven look like? It looks exactly like that. I went to it, entered and walked a few times around on the curved paths. And at the end of the paths, I saw a garden forming the center of the grove. Almost sounds like a labyrinth, that religious labyrinth that people walk. A little bridge separated it with a gate at the grove end and a gate at the garden end. I approached and a keeper opened the gates. Ah, come on. I don't have to keep making the same point about everything, but it means that there's... Okay, so even though we've been through these paths, there's a little bridge... It separates it, going over water. Like there's some barrier here. Think about cells in the body that I was just showing you up here. That God sets divine order inside of us. Then that is what is the mechanism through which God sets the order externally in the spiritual world. Well, here you see that the way the spiritual world is arranged is like the way that the human body is on the smallest scale. Because we've got these like think about cells and how each one has to have these boundaries and lines in it to function even though it loves the rest of the body this cell has to remain a cell and not let the other stuff drift in there has to be order which is why this might seem strange in heaven there's a keeper that opens the gates these gates are a membrane that is only permeable in certain circumstances there's somebody there certain circumstances, time twister, there's somebody there whose job it is to say, can you come in or not? Is that heavenly? You might think, no, heaven is where the gates, there's no gates and just everyone goes in anywhere. But that's not order. That's not what it's like in the best functioning systems that we have. The human body is nothing like that. It's totally love. It's every single cell in there is working for the good of the whole, but everything is absolutely got its structure and order. And if you have something, like you might just think, oxygen is good. Let's just put oxygen everywhere. But if there's certain areas where if you put that in there, it's a problem. It's just, it's bizarre. Well, it seems a little counterintuitive, but this is the God being love and wisdom. And that, that we got to use that to inform our concept of what heaven is and what God is. That there's, yeah, it's love, but it's done in a particular way. I don't know why. Just because, I don't know. Because it allows for complexity. Don't. Don't pressure me. I don't know. What is the name of the garden? I asked him. He said, Adramandoni. Adramandoni, if I'm from the Midwest, which I am. Which means, married love's delight. Now, this could be the entire relationship. This could be a euphemism for sex. At some point, they're talking about that. You never know in the way that the 18th century writing is when we're talking about it and when we're not. Either way, Sex is just a part of the overall delight of this married love that we're here in this garden to learn about. So it's all good. I went in, and there were olive trees with trailing vines hanging from tree to tree and flowering shrubs under and among them. I know olive trees are a correspondence to heavenly or celestial love, the highest kind of love. That's why olive oil is so good. In the middle of the garden was a grassy circle where husbands and wives and young men and women were sitting two by two. And in the middle of the circle 
where the ground rose, was a little spring leaping high from the force of its stream. Ah, man. It's a good spot for a garden. Okay, and again, a little spring. This is like water of its own accord, of its own life, springing out of the ground. This is like the truth alive. I'm sure that's what it is. Okay. Okay, calm down. When I came closer, I saw two angels in purple and scarlet talking with people sitting on the grass. They were talking about the source of married love and its delights. Got two interesting things. Where does it come from and where the joy, where does the joy in it come from? And since the conversation was about that love, okay, here's where we get our receptivity affecting what angels can do. There was eager attention and complete reception, which put an excitement like the fire of love in the angel's speech. So unless I'm mistaken, the angels are teaching here, right? The angels are the teachers. Most likely these, uh, where are they? Where are you? Where'd you get off to? Oh, these husbands and wives and young men and women. These are probably, could be angels, but of a little lower degree, probably what Swedenborg would call good spirits. Like these are people who are still learning and figuring out what the life of heaven is. So what that, why that's important is it seems like the attentiveness of the people there actually affects, put an excitement like the fire of love into the angels or into the teacher's speech. So this is not just hey, I'm an angel and I'm awesome and I'm going to by myself make this moment happen. How much these people are sitting there and wanting to know affects how well the angels can do their job. Pause, because this is suddenly we're getting something here that we're all here in the midst of the overcast, dark clouds of life. We're in the midst of ter- all kinds of turmoil. You got your, your ego desire turmoil where you want your life to go a certain way. You want to have greatness and the life doesn't always cooperate and that's a problem. You've got, you know, your fear about whether people are going to do, the way the world's going to be. It's all just, you just wish angels being the order through which God reaches out to us. Angels to nice people as well to us. Sometimes you know, angels write into the mind, particularly into our goals. How do we facilitate that? Because man, would I love a little angelic input. How do we facilitate that? Well, by eagerly wanting to know. That's different. That's different than oh, I've got to figure this out. I've got a yearning for the truth. And, and when I feel like I'm learning it, I'm really drinking this in. That is working for these people in this garden because it's, as we were drawn in that picture before, that's how things, patterns repeat. Physically, you see patterns repeating. Spiritually, patterns repeat. Probably, we can take a a cue from that. And okay, the more we can be eager students, the better it helps our angels help us. Yeah. From the conversation, I gathered this. In summary... They started with the difficulty of investigating and finding out the sources of married love, since its source is the divinity of heaven, for it is divine love, divine wisdom, and divine activity. Wow! You, there's some drama here. It's hard to figure this stuff out. Now that, that right there is an education in a way. What, 
how actually heaven is like here in some ways, because I was just watching this show, this documentary called Quark Science, where they're in there and they're talking about the ways that human beings, you know, finally figured out how to make a telescope that can see enough that we can start to learn how far away the stars are, and is it just one galaxy, or is it an entire universe full of billions of galaxies? It was hard work, and they, in this in this documentary as well, they say, and we still don't know thing X, and we still don't know thing Y. It's a, it's a journey and a quest to gain knowledge. You would think, well, when you're in heaven, it's just like, bump. It's just a box and it's just checked. Of course, angels know everything. But here they're saying, look, this is tough. Getting in here is tough. So are they working? Are they developing their telescopes? It's, you know, they probably know a lot more than we do. But, but there's something exciting about that. But they do know something. Don't use but at the beginning of every sentence. Since its source is the divinity of heaven. Okay. So the married love and its delights, the source is the divinity of heaven. For it is divine love. Okay, I'll just underline. Divine love, divine wisdom, and divine activity. These three things go out from the Lord as one thing. So they pour into the souls of people as one thing, through their souls into their minds and into their inner feelings and thoughts there. Humor me for a minute. You may already be there mentally, but it does great things to just simply depict what we're hearing, to maybe let our mind, come on, we're eager, eager students here, let's let our mind have another avenue for accessing this concept. So we've got the divinity of heaven. What, this is all just me hedging to say I'm going to draw a maybe unnecessary drawing here. It's great to have the bully pulpit here. The sun, this is the divinity of heaven. It's got these three things in it. Divine love, divine wisdom. I know usually you reverse those colors, but who knows what they really look like. And divine activity. These three things go out from the Lord as one thing. So even though there's these three things, they're coming out of the Lord as one thing, and, th and they pour into the souls of people as one thing. So we got our soul here. And these three things, divine love, wisdom, and divine activity. So knowing something, wanting to do something, knowing something with the means and actually accomplishing it. That comes into us through their souls, into their minds, and into their inner feelings and thoughts there. So if you were to zoom way in, you would see deep within us, you know, this same love wisdom. Well, either way, I'm drawing it backwards now. Okay. So you've got this here in us from that. Okay. That wasn't so bad. Through these, they go out into people's bodily desires. Okay. So we got moving from the mind into the feelings or thoughts into something called our bodily desires, which sort of sounds like it's still psychological. From these through their chests. Okay. So now it's going here. We know that, and then into the genital region. Told you we we're going to talk about sex. Through their chests into the genital region. So we're, we're definitely talking about intercourse as well as all the other joys of marriage. And you might think, like, oh, that's like we're going to laugh at that. But here he's saying, just without missing the beat, we got the divine of the Lord 
come into the human mind, into the heart, into the reproductive organs. There is this like sacred trail there. All the things that came from the original source are together there. And together with the things that follow, they make married love. So somehow the reason why we get Twitterpated, why we fall in love and want to reproduce, is divine love, wisdom, and divine activity are streaming into our souls. And those things express themselves as the continuation of the human race, as an act that can bring people together and strengthen our relationship. This is what makes married love. Okay, so this is, this is some kind of news to these people, these eager students. And how do you follow up? What, what is the angelic mode of learning? After saying these things, the angels said, let's have fellowship in our talk through questions and answers, because something learned only from hearing may sink in, but it doesn't stay unless the listener thinks about it on his own too and asks questions. This is how angels educate. It's not enough. You would think if there's anywhere that is just going to say, I know what I'm talking about, accept this, period. It would be angels. They, they are smarter than and more in tune and, and know more than the most knowledgeable people here. But they're saying, look, let's, let's talk it over. Ask some questions. We'll do some, some Q&A. We'll, we'll synthesize it. We'll think about it. Because you fundamentally cannot learn just from hearing something. It doesn't stay unless the listener thinks about it on his own, too, and asks questions. You can't have, like, religion that just says, believe this and don't question it, that not even in heaven do they do that, because that's not how the human mind is. And that's not the way life is set up. Isn't life this great mystery? Isn't there so much that doesn't make sense? Why? Couldn't God have made it a lot clearer? Well, as we, you know, like we said, like with the cells, everything repeats. Well, here you have this little instance of learning happens through you weighing it in your mind and asking questions. That's universal. So, as we want to be these eager learners that are going to, we're going to find our spiritual truths, the good, like sort of impulses, ideas in our minds, cultivating what's good, because we want to let these angels in. We want to let God effectively run our minds because God would do a really good job and minds need help. But as we're asking that, there's an element with even everything beautiful that comes in, every insight that you get, every teaching you come across, you got to vet it. You got to turn it over. You got to make sure that you really get it for yourself. You got to think, is it believable? You have to go through that process. You got to live it and learn it. You got to apply it in life. And in that way, we, we, it's part of our receptivity. This is part of how we bring heaven in. So, even though sometimes I feel like, oh, just, just give me what to do. Just tell me what to do. We've got to turn it over because then that's when it comes to life in us. That's when we become a carrier of the torch as well. That we can say, not just, well, we heard this is what you're supposed to do, or it seemed good to us, or it was forcefully impressed upon our minds at one point. No, this is something that, that I get. This is something I get and I love and I would fight for it because I, I really believe it's going to do good for everyone. That's what the spirit of the whole thing is, and that's the news from heaven. Okay, we got a cool couple, a suite of 
interesting information there. We got the divine origin of sex. We got how our relationship with the ideas coming in can affect how angels and God can reach us. We've got this, you've got to turn things over in your mind. Take that out. Do something good in your life. You got to turn this over in your mind. Let me know in the comments what that does for you. Support us at offtheleftout.com slash donate. That's how this programming can keep going. Thank you. That was fun. Hopefully this equips you with something good to go out and continue to make some heaven in your life. All right. Later.